not just from the son end, but the the, the daughter end. That validation. Mm-hmm. That's that's why you see some of these young ladies fall victim to the foolishness. Yeah. They're out here. They're looking for validation mm-hmm. that they didn't get from their fathers. That's that's one of the biggest things for me is making sure that they know. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a man that loves them. Right. That values them. Right. That when you out here looking for it. Like you said earlier, there's a there's a there's benchmark. A there's a like if you ain't hitting this mark right here, you don't make the cut. You can't <laughs> deal with it. They be like what it be like like you already know what it is it's your boy calvin like my way and this is cut the noise growing through conversation and today i got a special guest a new friend a new brother a friend and a man of god that i have the utmost respect for no other than minister barry hamilton what's going on brother? what's up Cal? ain't nothing to it man i just want to start off with uh can you tell the people a little bit about yourself other than the fact that i think you great you know what I mean? Uh, just let them know a little bit about you, bro. Um, I mean, ain't much to know, man. I'm I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, originally. Okay. Um, I brought my family down here about ten years ago to to start new. Right. Right. Um, you know where we're from in Cleveland, the best way to grow in life mm. is to get out. <laughs> okay. So okay. Um, picked up picked my family up, man. We moved down here to North Carolina. I got a wife, three daughters, a son, and um. You know, this that's really a, that's me, man. I, I love God. I love people, um, and on a mission to really just help people change every okay. single thing about themselves that either they don't like, don't find as profitable to mm-hmm. them, um, and how they can change themselves and put themselves in a position where um, God can use them. Mm. I love that, brother. Uh, I feel we got a lot in common. A lot in common on that. But today. I really want to hone in on the topic of parenting. Uh, not only just parenting in the sense of I made a baby, I got a baby. Right. But actually being present. Right. Uh, because too many times, you know, it's, it's quote unquote the story in our community. But when you look at the statistics, you know, the most present fathers, the most available fathers, the most caring, in my opinion. <laughs> It's black fathers. Okay, I can dig that. How do we have so many, you know, bad stigmas put on us, brother? Um, I think just because of the way that, um, first of all, society portrays black men. Right. Right. They put us in a light that isn't, um, isn't the best. Right. right? Like right. if you watch movies or TV or, or news programs, it paints a picture of us that isn't accurate right. at all. Right. So, you know, you add the fact that we already got this bad light painted on us. Um, society as a whole, the way that we are dragged into things and put into positions. And I say we, mm-hmm. that we're put into these positions, but the way that we jump and put ourselves into certain right. positions, um, it kind of takes us away from our families. Mm. Um, you know, we, we think a lot of times, especially like I said, where I'm from in Cleveland, you, the street is more prevalent and important in the lives of our people right. than the good parts of it. Right. So you see that all the time and you end up falling victim to what that puts in front of you. And then now you gone or they're gone and, and, and it's a whole different situation. So 
that's really unfortunate because like you said, I, I agree with you hundred percent. The most caring, the that that picture and box you just painted, yeah. that's us. Yeah. But we can't ever get to that point because of how everybody else puts us in the right, box. Right, right. Uh, one way that I equate it, I think about media, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in media, you have the big picture media, white media. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, quote unquote, black media, mm -hmm. but it most of the time caters to the female. Yeah. Uh, Very much so. Because you remember BET used to play music, right? Yeah. Uh, I, ain't hear, I ain't heard a rap song or a video in years. Uh, I just see Tyler Perry movies. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tyler the movies, shows he got. Yes, yeah, that's like everything. Mm -hmm. And I feel there's a lack of black male media. Mm -hmm. Because without having control of our media or our own narrative, a lot of times we are painted in the eyes or from the lens of other people. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's one of the big issues why our image is painted in such a way. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, we're not represented well. Right. And we're not represented well in the media. We're not represented well in households. Mm. I think um, the society as a whole has taken, you know, men out of the picture in so many ways. Right. Right. Where the, they're, they're teaching, you know, you don't need a man for nothing. Mm. You know, independent woman, and right. I'm not in any way right. knocking that philosophy. But when you're taking every, you're taking men out of everything, right? Like you're taking them out of the house, you're taking them out of just everything. You don't need a man. You absolutely need a man right. in a house, right? In order to have that balance of the house. So when we're taken out of, you know, we're not represented well in the media. We're taken out of the house. We're taken out of everything. Mm -hmm. We got where we are. And, and it's almost a, a financial benefit to a woman not to have a man. The oh, way the absolutely. government has oh, programs yeah. set up. You know, if if, there, if there's a man in the house, oh, you can't get this type of assistance. Mm -hmm. if, if there's a man in the house, oh, you can't get this type of health care. Oh, if you ain't got nobody, great. We can put him on this, this support or that yes, support. Sir. We can put this on him. Yes, sir. And then there's taxes and funds. But that's a whole whole other conversation. Topic, <laughs> you know? Um but it, but it's but it's insane, man, that men and fathers primarily mm -hmm. uh, are being so overlooked. But with that being said, us fathers that are present, yes, sir. our fathers that that do stand up, that represent and give that masculine, godly energy, yes, sir. Um, what, in your opinion, is the how how just how important is it to have a father in a household? Um, I think it's probably the number one thing that you need in a house mm. full of a family, right? Mm -hmm. Because you need to see one, a strong man in your household, right? Um, a strong man that is, you know, doing the things that a father should do. Mm. See, a lot of times we, we put this, we put these, put men in a category, right? You're supposed to work and provide that's it that's it that's, that's your it. job that's it right but i i believe myself that is so much bigger than just working and providing right because showing a strong male influence in the house showing um vulnerability as a man mm. you know um for your son, i have a son right it's important for me for him to see that there's vulnerability in men like it's they we tell uh men all the time you ain't supposed to cry suck, suck it, up. it up suck it up i Be heard that man. my whole life be, be a, a man. man suck it up right but 
then you pass that down to your son. Mm -hmm. And now he has those same ideologies of, I got to suck it up. I got to be a man. But as a, as a man, you also have feelings. Yes. You need to be able to show those feelings. Absolutely. And then for your daughters, again, got a bunch of them too. That's right. They need to be able to see what it looks like for a man to be in the house, mm. how a good man should be in the house. Right. That example um, of what it should look like, because not to say a, a single parent house can't work. Right. They work. Right. Right. But it's it's usually sometimes it's a struggle right. to make it work. Right. Right. There's a balance that's needed. I know for me in my house, mm. there are times where my wife don't like to deal with a thing. Mm -hmm. So I deal with it. Right. And then vice versa. You know, and even with our children they know who to go to for certain things that they need, yeah. you know, in their life. And that's when that extra person ain't there, that imbalance is there. So at times there are things that they may not even talk about because yeah. who am I supposed to go to mm -hmm. with this? Um, how am I supposed, you know, I can go ask mommy about, you know, the situation with a guy, but daddy is a guy. Right. So maybe he can speak to it a little differently. Right. Well, for my son is, dad is experiencing the same things that I'm going to, I've been through or I'm going through. Right. I can't necessarily go to my mom and ask her, you know, what am I supposed to do when another, another guy come up to me and want to yeah. tussle or want to, you right. know, those are things that the father should be teaching. Not that the mother can't, but it's just, it's different, man. It's, it's a it's, whole different situation. It's, it's almost like uh, substitute teachers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, if you have a math teacher that is absent, mm -hmm. right? And now the art teacher comes in as a sub. That's good. How can the art teacher effectively teach math? That's good. The lesson plan can be there. Yeah. They can went to school and had education, but it's not in their field. That's good. They don't have that background. So it, the importance of a man is to fulfill those shoes, fill that role, mm -hmm. and be that example for the son and be that benchmark for the dog. That's good. Um which I swear we already in the in the first 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 realm of lessons. Uh, what were what, what was one lesson that you learned from your father or growing up that once you became a man, you kind of had to change. You had to pivot. Mm. So for me. Um, it was a lot of lessons right, that right, I had right. to pivot from, yes, sir. right? Yes, sir. But, I mean, one of the biggest lessons that I got from my father that I pivoted a little bit from is um, how I discipline mm -hmm. my children, okay. right? Because for my, for me, my daddy, was, he was a hard guy. Right. It was, you know, you do this, you do it this way. If you don't, here come, exactly. Here come that, that strap, come you're going to get this, this, <laughs> this problem, right? right. And... It didn't kill me. Don't get me wrong. It right. didn't kill me, you know, but what I learned was it wasn't an effective way mm. for him to communicate with me, me to communicate with him, me to open up to him mm -hmm. and talk to him about things that were going on in my life. Mm. So what I decided when I had children was that, you know what, this is not going to be the way I always right. discipline. Now, that's not there are times where you're going to get it oh, yeah. right. But. I would prefer to have the conversation mm. than to just pull the first thing I'm doing right. and whooping you. Right. And even in that, right, even after the fact of, you know, me having a discipline with that, I will then go back after mm -hmm. and have a conversation right. and say, hey, listen, you know, this is why daddy did what he did. This is why you were in trouble. Mm -hmm. 
and this is how we go forward right. fixing this problem. Right. But that was that was the number one. I knew, like I said, I'm not going to whoop every single time something right. happened with my kids. I think it's important. And what it's done for me is that it's helped to create this relationship now because my daughters are all older. Mm-hmm. And now they come and talk to me about everything. everything. And when I say everything, <laughs> there's something where I don't want to know, right? But right. I'm glad that, you know, that communication line was opened up versus this is how we're going to deal with it. And what I say is law. Mm. I'd rather have that conversation now and talk through it and see, because you, you as a kid, you grew up, right? Oh yeah. I had my thoughts and feelings and views about things too. And, and not being heard right. sometimes, even if the end result is going to be what my parents say yeah. it was going to be, at least I was going to be heard. And right. that was the biggest thing for me, making sure that, I don't be the judge, jury, and executioner and not listen, but talk and communicate. Oh, man, that is amazing. And I must say, I went the same route on that. Yeah. I went the same route on that one. Um, Early on, you know, with having children, you know, thinking like my parents want to do just like your parents. Mm -hmm. And you get into this uh, almost like a routine. Yeah. Like, this is the way I was taught. This is the way it is. But through thinking, critical thinking, understanding, and getting outside of my my internal, I, I'm going to say my subconscious mind. Because mm-hmm. my subconscious mind is just going off of what I was taught. That's right. But my conscious mind is saying, is that right though? How, how, how are they feeling? Are they really being heard? And like you said before, the idea of not being heard or, or not being understood it's almost crippling. Yeah. Because I, I, I actually was on a Zoom call listening to some people ask questions and talk about various different things. And there was a doctor up there and she was talking about how many people that have uh, issues with like public speaking, for example, mm-hmm. it stems from childhood trauma. And when she was saying, I was like, but how? And as you know, she kept going. <laughs> and she said that when a child is told to sit down, be quiet, shut up, don't talk while we don't don't come in here or stay up. It 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 makes this almost a mental block in mm. mind. And when that mental block occurs, we carry those same lessons as adults. Yeah. And a lot of us run wonder why. I don't know about getting on stage. I don't know about grabbing that microphone. And a lot of times it's those same uh, traumas that ring in the back of our minds that set this level of fear mm-hmm. and uh to pivot you know because there's still a lot of lessons that we learn that that hold strong and true but to pivot and make corrections because no one's perfect that's good one thing i learned is that through having kids <laughs> right is mom and daddy didn't know everything but they were doing the best that that's they right could. That's you right. know, that, that level of grace and understanding to know, like, my mom and dad, they were doing the best that they could, and they taught me the best that they knew. Mm-hmm. And for us as being that next generation, we should strive to do the best that we can. But when we know better, we should obviously do better. Should. Right. Yeah. And then we should hope the same for our children mm-hmm. and the next generation. But um, that's the same question I asked you. One lesson where I pivoted. Uh, was in my family it was this uh, especially with the guys right mm. it's this 
uh, mentality of conquering. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, hey boy, how many girlfriends you got? Right. You know, uh, <laughs> how many girlfriends you got? Uh-huh. And this is said to seven, eight, eight year old, yeah. ten year old. Oh man, I, I know you killing them. I know you got you got about three, four girlfriends, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And and you think, what really is that teaching? I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's teaching everything the wrong way. Yes. You know, it's it's um, sexualizing females, mm-hmm. right? Women, like this is all they're good for, right? You know, how many can you knock down, and how many you can get, and and there's putting it's putting an importance on, like you said, conquering. Mm-hmm. You know, the opposite sex right. when, when in reality, you know, when you think about it that way. Like your your mama's a female, right? You might have sisters, your grandmas, mm-hmm. aunties. So you looking at it like, so is that how other men have viewed and looked at them? Right, right. Like is that how you looked at my mama? That, exactly. <laughs> like what number was mommy for you? You know, Ooh, and, and it, conversation. It, it's a whole different conversation, and that's you know, it's it's messed up that that's yeah. kind of the way, and it's and men in general. I ain't yeah. gonna put that in yeah. the black category, right? right? right. Men that's, in general, yeah. that is a man thing where you. Put a value on how many women that you have right when you know it's never been quantity no it's always quality, quality. right i i can have as many of some cheap something that i mm. want but it's cheap Ooh. it's used up i can't do nothing with it mm. i'd rather have one that's so so top-notch quality right. that all of them quantity numbers they don't even add up to this one quality thing Can't that i got and that's another thing about being uh you know being in black families that we need to push more often is right. a man with that one woman right you never you'll never see a bunch of women on the side or trying to because right. all i know is when i was growing up my dad was with my mom right and that's that's the lesson we should be trying to get mm. them to see versus how many you know, how many girlfriends you got you know I remember hearing that. That mm-hmm. it was like, again, being honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got about three, four, five right now. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. But I'm never, I'm never gonna ask that to my son. Right. You know, because I don't want him to think that that's okay. Right. You know, it's what we teach and what we show them is what they're gonna do. Right. I can tell them all day long, mm. but when I'm showing him, mm. you know, listen, there's quality in just me being with your mother. There's quality in not worrying about what these other people are doing out there but worrying and focusing on what you got mm-hmm. he's gonna do what he see yeah he not nine times out of ten he'll do what he see right, right. he'll never he'll always kind of fair veer away from what i told him right can't forget yeah but this is what i seen you know if i keep telling you hey don't smoke cigarettes Man. while i'm smoking a pack a day Man. what you know what he gonna do he gonna smoke them cigarettes i don't care what i tell him he going to smoke them cigarettes. Hey, don't be out here getting drunk all the time, but I'm drunk every time you see me. Yeah. He going to drink. So show him something different right. and they'll do something different. That's so true. Uh, the example you said about smoking, it brings so true in my household. My dad, he smoked. My dad was an older man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he smoked since he was 14 years old. And he died at 72, about eight years ago. Uh, might have been 71. He, I think be, he would have been 79 this year. But anyway, um, yeah. So, 
I heard that, you know, don't smoke, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. But my brother next to me, he smoked. My baby brother doesn't. Uh, but I never smoked. And you want to know the reason why, bro? Because I saw my daddy have a heart attack mm. when I was four years old. Wow. That's the reason I don't smoke. It had nothing to do with what he said. What it was think? because I saw it. And I remember, because, terrible story. <laughs> um, I'm four years old, living in this little trailer park in Dudley, um, middle of nowhere. But uh, I go in the room, middle of the night, and Dad's on the bed, grabbing his chest, shaking. Mm. And I walk in, and I start laughing. Mm. I was like, what Daddy doing? <laughs> Daddy in the trailer. And I run to tell Mama. And then, you know, she called the ambulance and all that. And... That wasn't his last heart attack. He had mm. another heart attack when I was in, I want to say middle school, around eight, seven, eighth grade, and he had a triple bypass surgery. Uh, <sighs> guess what? Never stopped smoking. Never stopped smoking. Um, and he really didn't stop, quote unquote, until his last year of life. Because he couldn't smoke in the nursing home. Mm. <laughs> or in the hospital. You know what I mean? And there was times where I know for a fact that there was other brothers or family members that brought him cigarettes. cigarettes. And it's it's and it's so sad, man, because we can, you know, be brothers or be in the same household, see the exact same example and go different routes. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's because of our perspective. That's good. Many times in life we see our hero. We see our fathers. We see whoever in our life. And everything that they do is gold. Yeah. You know? And we create this false reality where whatever they, whatever they, if it's dad, mom, whoever, Mm -hmm. whatever they did, it was right. Yeah. And it is so detrimental to our own survival, man. Because so true. not to realize the reality that people can be wrong means you will never be corrected yourself. You know, there was something um, we That's went good. out. We went out to eat. Was it, was it about a week ago at the church for Rob? Right? Yeah, about a week or two ago. Something like about that. About a week yeah. or two ago, um, we went out to eat. Our pastor, we were talking. And I know on my end of the table, you probably couldn't hear us, right? No, I couldn't hear y'all. It was loud in there. <laughs> but um, we were talking about uh, correction. Mm-hmm. And I said, I got a saying. I said, correct the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I look for a second, oh, that's good. <laughs> but if I'm in air, if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, I would rather a friend, a brother, my mother, father, whoever, correct the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, and I continue in my error, I might end up there. You know what I mean? Yes, you will. And, and, and for many people, they have this ideal of, can't nobody judge me. Can't nobody tell me what to do. I used to say this, I'm grown. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm grown. Uh-huh. You know, and... In some respects, people can't tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. But if people care, they will at least 
point out when you are here. That's good. I, it's it's that's it's in the Bible. Yeah. Right. Spirit of rod. Spoil the child. Right. But and and a lot of times we think of that as the belt of the right, whooping. Right. 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 But the rod doesn't have to be the belt of the whooping. It can be that correction mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Because if I don't correct you. Right. If I don't tell you when you're in error, mm. you think you're right. So now you're spoiled. Mm. You you spoiled and tainted what it is that you are because no one wanted to say, hey, man, that ain't right. right. That ain't cool. And that's, it, I don't I don't see, or I guess maybe I don't understand. Mm. Well, I, let, me, let, me, let me start over. I do understand. Okay. Because a lot of times we don't want to have that person lash out at us, Ooh. right? People... What you're saying, I love what you're saying. I'm, I feel that. I'm, mm-hmm. the, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Right. Let me know that I'm wrong so right. that I can fix it because yep. I don't want to continue to walk and be in error. Right. But a lot of people don't have that same viewpoint. Yeah. You try to correct them. Who you think you are? Yeah. Right. right like right, you, right. you think you is to tell me blah blah blah, and then you know what they do? They turn around and they try to point out your flaws. Right. You don't do blah blah blah. Well, listen, I'm not telling you to do what I'm doing. I'm just telling you what I see that's in error. Right. And if I don't, I'm wrong. Right. right. If I tell you, if I don't tell you that you're doing something wrong and you keep doing it wrong, it's almost like I'm high fiving. Go for it. I'm high fiving, but <laughs> what happens to you? It's on me now. Mm. Because I seen you doing wrong. Mm-hmm. I seen you doing wrong and messing up. And when I don't say nothing. And I just be like, you know what? He's going to do what he do. He grown. Mm. I'm in error now because mm. I, it was my responsibility as your friend, your brother, your family, whatever you want to classify this to say, hey, man, you're wrong. Yeah. And when somebody loves you and does that, it shouldn't be, at least, again, you know, these are my feelings and my thoughts. It shouldn't be taken in a way that they're trying to condemn you. We got this this thing in our I'm going to say our, I'm going yeah, yeah. keep dealing with black folks, yeah. but in our community where you feel like you, somebody's condemning you yeah. because they comment on something that you're doing or not doing. Right. But you know, the Bible tells us we are to be judges of fruit. Mm. So if the fruit that you putting out is tainted and mm. it's nasty, and it ain't no good. Right. I'm just judging the fruit that you're showing me. Right. I'm not condemning or judging you. I'm just telling you, Hey man, you putting some rotten apples out there. Yeah. You might want to check that. Check them apples, pull them back in, start all over. That ain't to say you can't serve good apples later, but right now you're serving some bad fruit. Mm. But we, you who you think you is to talk about me and judge me, and it's not, I'm not judging you. I'm just judging what you're putting out there. Right. You're giving it to me to judge it. And another thing I would say is what's important before correcting or giving advice is having a relationship. Yes, good. Because, I mean, there ain't no way you can come up to a random person and say, brother, you were there. You're doing wrong if you don't know a person. You know, because if you don't have a level of relationship, let's say, uh, like a like like a friend. Mm-hmm. If you have a friendship with somebody, you know them, you know their background, you know, if you see them and they're doing something wild, you know what they say their values are. You know what they say. You know, mm-hmm. you know what they their perceived value is. Right. So, so you would hold them to a different level or a different standard than you would just anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, as as a as a brother or sister in church, 
if you know them, you know what they they believe, you would hold them to a different standard than just some random person that you don't know anything about mm -hmm. because they might be atheist or agnostic or don't believe in whatever. Right. Uh, so that quote unquote standard may be different. Does that make sense? Do. Um, mm. But if God tell you to say so. <laughs> and, and you know what I was gonna say? It's funny because I, I I agree with what you're saying, and I, I think too. Sometimes, mm -hmm. at least in my experience, it was easier for me to tell somebody I don't know when they were in error, because when it's somebody you know, again they they know you too. They want to you know kind of try to throw it back at you, like hold on, you 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 used to do this with me too, right? Well, I used to, but. Sometimes when we, and there's somebody I don't know, hey, real quick, let me just pull your tail to something. I've had people say, I appreciate that. Yeah. Don't know me. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't have this relationship. Okay. But sometimes it's easier to take from somebody you don't know because it doesn't feel like judgment. Mm. But, you know, I, I agree. We need to, you and, know, and pull a, coattails. And, and another way to think about that too is a lot of times people can hear advice mm -hmm. from a father a brother an uncle whoever hear it but won't receive it but yet another person say it same thing the exact same verbiage i'm talking about verbatim yes sir yep and oh man i never thought of that I just told how many times I ain't gonna, ain't gonna say. I'm gonna say my wife <laughs> has come to me and told me something that someone spoke a word or someone told her da da da, da. and I just look at her. I told say, you that. That's good. That was yeah. like three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> and that you. It's sometimes you are absolutely. It's sometimes where the delivery is. Who the who's mm. delivering that message? Right. right? right. Cause same thing verbatim, but you know what? All you can do is say, "That's good." So yeah. I, I like that. I'm, that glad, I'm glad you got that. That's good. Well, that. In, a, in another way, I, well, it's the exact same thing, but it also speaks to time and season. Mm -hmm. Because when I said it, it might have just been a seed. It might have just been you know planting that and putting it in there. Mm -hmm. So whenever the time was right. And she was ready to receive it. That's good. Bam. That's good. Now she, now she's ready. Yep. Her spirit was prepared for it, and the, whoever had the delivery, maybe it was a little better, maybe it was softer, mm -hmm. but it was on time. That's good. That's that's so on point because I and I tell my wife all the time. We said we got older daughters, and they they listen. I'm gonna say to them what I need to say to them. Mm -hmm. They can, you know, ignore it. They can argue it. They can fight it. But the one thing they can't do is unhear mm. what I said. That's right. So I'm going to say it anyway. And yeah. like you said, it may not resonate with you right, right now, now, but you heard it. So when somebody else comes in and says it, it it hits different, not because not only because it was somebody different, but because it was already, like you said, planted mm. when I said it to you. It just sat there. You put it back here. Because you didn't want to hear what I was saying to you. Right. You didn't like what I was saying. I said it went in and they thought it went out. Mm -mm. But it was it's, it's always in there. And I, I tell you, I say that all the time. You, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Mm. 
you're gonna you ain't gotta you ain't gotta listen, but you heard me. Yeah. Because eventually, Calvin gonna come and say the right. same thing I just said to you, and it's gonna be like, that's it. I've been waiting on that my whole life. <laughs> I, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Uh, <laughs> now, on pivot just a little bit. Now, when it comes to parenting, it's very important to teach lessons and to be an example to show a, a life. Uh, of godliness and so forth and mm-hmm. so on, right? Um, but one thing that a lot of us put on the back burner due to wanting to provide, wanting to, to, to be the, the protector, and mm-hmm. I'm working all the time, right? Right. Um, it's time. Yeah. Just how valuable is spending time with your children? That's that's up there that's that's more important than everything else because that time that you put in that's those things that they'll always remember Mm. that's when the lessons are given when you're spending time like like i said that disciplining and coming in you know every so often to lay the hammer down and then you pull it back out right that's not you know productive enough for them to to hold on to a thing but when you can spend time with them Mm -hmm. that's you know what i've learned at least Especially with my son, because my like so my daughters are all in their twenties. My son is nine. He don't want nothing but my time. Right. He don't care about what we doing. He don't <laughs> care where we going. I mean, he how long we gonna be there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But as long if he with me, he don't care about that. Like that's a, that's more than enough. That's more than enough. I just want to spend time with you, mm. because like I like I said earlier, he's learning so much just watching. Right. More so than me speaking mm. that, you know, if he's not getting that time, how is he learning to do the things that he need to do? Right. Right. You know, so I remember a time in my life where all I did was work, 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 work. And what I found was that I can see from a distance doing all that work and how it really was affecting mm. him mm. because, you know, he was kind of withdrawn and going to his room all the time, not it, I can see the effects mm. lashing out at certain things. It was, he was missing that connection time with his father. Right. I mean, it's, it's great he's with his mom, but that, that connection with your dad is, is different. Like, me growing up, I remember that's all I ever wanted yeah. was to spend time with my father. And unfortunately, it didn't happen that way for me. Right. So I remembering that, like, all I want to do is spend time with him. I don't care what we was doing. I just want to hang with him. Yeah. Um, remembering that and thinking about him, I was like, man, if I don't spend time with him, I can lose him. Mm. Because when you ain't spending time with him, somebody, somebody else. else is. Something else is. Mm. Something else is going to pull their attention away. And a long enough period of time go by where that one thing had their attention versus you. Well, now it's so hard for you to regain their attention because they, they didn't spend all their time there. So right. with new seeds. New seeds, new mess, new foolishness. Yeah, I think that's how a lot of, well, I think that's how some of these young men today, or at least in my day, mm-hmm. fell victim to what the street was offering. Right. Because you had all of these other, you know, guys giving them time. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the time they was giving them wasn't teaching them nothing that they needed to know, but it was giving them time yeah. that they yearned for. And attention. And attention. And now you, you know, now they lost. And then you come in as the father trying to pull them back out. Well, they 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 beat the streets one already. Mm. So 
to, again, time most important thing to me. I, I also, when you were saying that, it made me think of a lot of times with children in general, but boys and girls look for validation mm, from their mm, father. Yes. You know, a lot of the love and the, you know, that comes from mom and dad give love too, but dad's head nod it means so much oh yeah because it's it's a symbol of validation i remember times uh-huh. in my life where well i remember the one time i saw my dad disappointed mm. i still see his face now mm. from that one time being disappointed from scuffle at school police will call i'm locked up wait for pops to get bail me out and I'm looking at him through a hole in the bars at a holding cell, mm. and he look at me and shake his head. I had never been in trouble, mm. and he look at me. That level of disappointment that that was worse than anything. Than the balls yeah. that was worse than being. Yeah. In, that was worse than the ride. Was seeing that disappointment, mm. and on the flip side of that, seeing his face when I graduated. Or when I got married, those like that validation that I still see those faces. Yeah. You see what I'm that's saying? Good. Yeah. And to not have said father at my worst moment, what would what what how different could my life be mm. if I didn't see that that disappointment. That, not, that yeah. disappointment. That's good. To say I ain't doing this no more. Mm-hmm. Because what he told me. Was what you could probably guess. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm gonna bail you out this one time, but this won't never happen again. That's right. If it do, you see it. You stand. You stand right here. I see. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. That man. That's that's so true, and not just from the son end, but the the, the daughter end. That validation. Mm-hmm. That's that's why you see some of these young ladies fall victim to the foolishness. Yes. Of some of these men out here, they're looking for validation that they didn't, that get. They didn't get from their father. So that's that's so that's so on point because I think that's a you you have you have a daughter. Right. That's that's one of the biggest things for me is making sure that they know, mm-hmm. you know, there's a man that loves them, right? That values them, right? That showed them everything that you should be receiving when it comes to, you know, emotional and, and support from a man that. When you out here looking for it, like you said earlier, there's a there's a there's benchmark. A there's a like if you ain't hitting this mark right here, you don't make the cut. You can't deal with it. <laughs> and I don't. It doesn't even just stop at my daughters because mm-hmm. I, I have a I have a younger sister mm-hmm. who has that same benchmark that mm-hmm. I was able to help set. Right. Because see, my father passed away about eleven years ago. Right. And you know he and I didn't have the, the, the best relationship, mm-hmm. right? Um, to the point where even when he passed away, we weren't even communicating. Mm-hmm. But he had a, a he, he set a benchmark for my sister right. to an extent. But then when he left, it was like, okay, I'm going to help continue to raise that bar. So the man that she chooses, mm-hmm. he's going to have to hit not only my father's bench, but mine too. Right. Um, because I'm going to give her and show her all those things that 
she should be receiving from a man. Mm. So it, it that that example, that benchmark, it don't just stop at your your daughters or mm. it can go deeper yes. to your sisters or younger cousins or when they look at you and they see this example of manhood. Right. That's how I want them to be. Yeah. I need them to be just like that. Mm. You need to be as close to that as possible. Right. Because I won't accept nothing less. So that that validation that comes from that father figure, that man in their life. I mean, my, my even my wife to this day, she didn't have a relationship with her father, and I won't get into her story yeah. like that. But to this day, she said, "Man, I wish I had a dad like that. Mm. I wish I wish I had what our daughters have, right? Because it could it could have been the difference in you know her being way up here mm-hmm. versus way down here, right? And that that's." Like I said, that validate man, that's good, man. That validation is serious. Yes, sir. Um, so it, it makes me think. I remember having a conversation with my wife, right? When we got, I'm gonna say this my story a little different as far as church, right? I ain't gonna go all the way down that road, but I'm gonna get a, a bridge version. <laughs> okay. Um, when my wife, my girlfriend got pregnant, mm-hmm. okay, um, and I said, oh, God, I'm about to be a dad. <laughs> right? I said, I love my daddy. My daddy was a great dad. But, no, my daddy was a good dad. I said like that. I want to be a great dad. Mm-hmm. So, I said, I got to go to the source. And I got in the Word. And that was J13. So, it was about 14 years ago. Um, started reading the Bible. Started Going Bible studies at the house with some guys that I used to dance with. And um, that began my serious chase after God. Before that, it was I was a kid and mm-hmm. I was going to church because I was forced to go to church. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, don't even count. But there was lessons learned there. Yep. But whenever I began to read the Bible and grow and develop, there were so many lessons that in the scriptures that are based off fatherhood, mm-hmm. right? Based off that relationship with your daddy. Yes, sir. Okay. So during Bible or after Bible study, me and my wife would have conversations, and she's, but I don't really understand because she has she has a good dad. My mm-hmm. dad, truck driver, worked a lot, was on the road, he paid the bills, he provided, but she didn't have the same level of discipline. And understanding of that father that gave direction, broke broke down the law. He, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. He, he he had standards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. She didn't have that example, and without that example, it was it was kind of hard for a while to to get her to. I see have that visual mm-hmm. of a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I have that visual of. God being like a father mm-hmm. because without that personal relationship, without that you're knowing a screaming album, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like knowing that same feeling it's different. Yeah. And to have a father that shows that and then points you to God man, come on now. That's that's, that's so good because the, per- the perfect example of fatherhood is God. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he loves us so much mm-hmm. that he gave up something that was so valuable to him to save us. Mm-hmm. That's what a father does. 
right? You you give up so much to make sure and ensure that your children mm -hmm. are covered. Right. That's what he did, right? And like you said, it's sprinkled throughout the Bible of different stories. One of my favorite stories is in Luke 15, the, the prodigal son, right? right? And a lot of people will focus on the son going off, doing his one, two, and then coming back, right? Mm -hmm. But the part of that story that really means the most to me is the position of his father, mm. right? Because when they went off and he did his thing, when he came back, his father was there waiting. He's seen him in the distance coming in. So as a father, we that's our job right. to stand there. We got to let him go. But we standing in position, keeping an eye out, making sure that everything is good. So when they look back or they try to come back and they need you, right. you're standing right there. And when they get there, what I, what I love about the story is he didn't go in on them. He didn't chastise them. He didn't attack them. He didn't tell them, didn't I tell you, blah, 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 blah. He stood there, arms open, and said, come on. Come on you done came back home. Let's have a party. That's right. Let's do Let's it. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate you figuring out what you needed to figure out. That example, that, that thing mm -hmm. changed my whole perspective about fatherhood. Because even when you're a young father... You know, you still got these things, these ideas, because you've taken them from, you know, what you've seen, what you knew. But when I really understood his position as a father, that kind of father, yeah. where I'm not moving, I'm not, I'm not leaving your side. Even though you decided to do your thing, I'm still not going to move. I'm going to make sure that when you turn around and come back to me, my arms are ready for you. Man, that changed my whole thought process yeah. about being a father, because yeah. I want to be like that dad. Woo. I don't want to be, you know, anything less than what he is and anything that, you know, if we are made in his image, if we are made to be like God, then we should be striving to be the father mm. that he is sacrificing any and everything to make sure that you covered. And then when you're covered, making sure that whenever you need me, I'm there. Yes, sir. So that's that's Ooh. perfect. Yes, sir. Man. I feel like we covered a lot, but I got one more thing. Balance. With being a man, mm -hmm. even a woman, they got to wear a lot of hats. Yes, sir. But being a man, I know about that. Yeah. You know about that. Yes, sir. So we're going to talk on that. We have to balance relationship with God, relationship with our wife, relationship with our kids. Don't forget, we got to work. We got to provide. <laughs> and then we got to make sure we take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Physically and mentally. What advice would you give young brothers coming up and even fathers today how to balance a life when you got a wife and kids? Mm-hmm. So that that is always <laughs> that is a uh, that has been a work in progress. Yes, sir. right. That is it's ever changing because the needs mm -hmm. are always changing. Right. Right. You're growing as a person. Your wife is growing. Your kids are growing. So what they did when they were young, which you guys did as a younger couple are not going to be the same no. as you go forward. But I think, um, and you know, my wife, she always say, you need to clarify when you say this. So I'm going <laughs> to clarify it before I say it. Right. Um. The number one thing for me is that I am aiming to please God, mm. right? 
and in aiming to please God, all of those things that you touched on mm -hmm. are going to be covered. Right. Right. Because if I'm if I'm pleasing him, that means that I'm doing right by my wife. If I'm pleasing him, that I'm, I'm training up and making sure my kids are OK. If I'm pleasing him, then I'm 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 working to provide for them as well. Mm -hmm. My own not my only goal, but my main focus is always let me put God first. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and the hierarchy is God, family, and then everything else falls up under that. Anytime that I try to put something before God mm. is when everything fall off. Right. That balance that I'd be looking for is missing. So I give God his due, give him his time. And all he's ever done for me in doing that is made a way. Right. Right. I can remember, like I said earlier, I remember working all the time. I wasn't putting God first when I was working all the time. Mm. I was putting, let me provide let me put this food on the table let me make sure and in doing that now i'm lacking at home mm -hmm. i'm not spending time with kids i'm not spending time with my wife the minute i reversed and I said you know what let me spend more time with god mm -hmm. he started opening doors for me to where time became i had more time all of a sudden i wasn't working as much anymore i had time to spend with my kids i had time to spend with my wife i had more time to spend with him all the while still working and covering everything that was needed. I remember working 60 hours a week. Right. Hope they ain't watching. I probably work a hard 35 right now. Right. But I'm paid like I work 60. Right. He's covered those things. You know what? Don't worry about, don't have any anxiety. Don't have any worries. Just focus on him mm -hmm. and allow him to just open these different doors in your life because we try to take it all on ourselves and i think that's where the imbalance comes mm. we try we stretch ourselves so thin oh sorry stretch ourselves so thin in all of these other areas that when it come time for him we give it him the last bit of everything mm. right it's like okay god all right i done worked i done did this i did this here you go mm. and can't figure out why we can't get everything on the on a on an even scale flip it Right. Put him first. Prioritize God first. Allow him to work all the other things in your life because, man, I'm telling you, I re you was telling your story. I mean, listen, I, I, I went to church as a kid, mm -hmm. right? I remember going to church as a kid. My mama, my grandmama, they made me go to church, and you'd be in church, and, you know, I'd half the time I'd be dozing off, <laughs> neck broke, um, you know, and that's just what it was. And then you get a teenager, you grow up, you kind of fall back away from it. Um, I I didn't come back into the church for real mm -hmm. about five or six years ago, mm -hmm. right? And even then, it was still one foot in, one foot out. And it took really breaking down and saying, "God, I don't want to do it this way no more. It ain't right. working for me this way no yeah. more." He said, well, "Put me first. Mm. I said, "I do," and he said, "No, nah, you put me in there. You gonna put me first." <laughs> And I said, oh, okay, well, let me see how that worked, putting you first. And I'm telling you, man, the minute I did that, mm -hmm. everything started changing. I'm talking about how I was, how I acted, feelings inside. Because, mm -hmm. again, allowing God into your life really means that you're going to have to deal with yourself. Ooh, okay. You know, there's in things internally that as people, but I'm speaking on men specifically yeah. that we have bottled up in 
because of all of the lessons and things that they fed us that what men should be. Mm. So you've held all of these incorrect philosophies in our minds and in our heart to where you have walls built up that you don't know are there. Mm. There there's there's things on your mind and that you hold back and don't say because of like you said earlier, you know, be quiet, sit back over there, don't say nothing. All of these things built up and pent up inside that they've always told you at the end of the day, you a man. Keep it together. Right. Right. When you allow God in though, as 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 men, mm-hmm. man, he break that stuff down. Ooh. He opened that stuff up. And when as he's doing that thing, you're changing. Mm-hmm. And he's changing you from the inside out. And as you release some of these things that have held you, you find yourself being able to be more vulnerable and open up. Like the more I poured it, you know, I poured into the word and tried to get more from the word was the more that the walls I found my relationship with my wife started changing. Right. It's like we we talk way more than we used to. You know, right. we, we talk more, we open up more, and I, I share more things with you than I did before because I want to please him. How do I please him? By releasing these things, letting these things go, allowing him to fix the things inside. And it just it's a trickle-down effect. It start from the head and go down, flow right. through the beard, through the body. It's a trickle-down effect when you put him at the head and not something else. So, um my message to anybody would be put God first. If you're looking for that balance in your life, mm-hmm. put him first. Ooh. Don't put him in the middle. Mm-hmm. Don't put him at the end. Put him at the top. Gotcha. And he will, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll all shake up and balance out the way you need it to. Okay. I like that. Okay. So let's say you got a brother. I'm going to speak from a period in my journey, mm-hmm. right? There was a period in my journey where I was go hard. I was going hard in church, right? And I flipped personality, flipped um, what I did, flipped what I didn't do, flipped uh, everything changed, and it was almost overnight. I'm kind of weird like that. When I when I say I'm going somewhere, that's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, and by doing so. I kind of neglected to give that attention to my wife and my kids. And I was focused on the church first instead of my first ministry first. Um, If you were speaking to that me mm, way back when, Mm -hmm. what would your advice have been to that brother? I mean, you, you, you said it before I could even say something. Your first ministry mm-hmm. is your house, right? Right. If you can't handle that, then everything else ain't going to work either. So yo, if you're focusing on God mm-hmm. and he has a ministry for you, first way I'm going to test you in your, and seeing if you're ready for that, how you handling this? Right. Right. The Bible tells you, you got to have your house in order before you try to do anything else. So what I would have shared with you is that, you know, it's important for you to put God in order first, but your family got to come before that. Right. Because what I learned, at least for me, when I when I when the family wasn't first mm-hmm. chaos, if you like living in or in chaos, mm. 
<laughs> you know, if you if you or if you enjoy that, then right. you know I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you know nothing you else. Go, hey, man, listen, you like. you like that? You like it? I love it. But if you don't enjoy that chaos that you're having in your house, which I don't know too many people that do, then your first ministry needs to be your priority. Mm. Like, I'm not saying not to do anything at the church. I'm not saying that at all. I think everybody, you know, everyone needs to. Um, do things for the church, right? Because the church, the church don't run on God alone. Right. He need people to work in the there church, right? So you still need to do the work there. But how can I ask you? How can I be in a position at a church and ask you to do something when I can see your family is in total disarray? Mm. You can't function here properly if you can't function there properly. So make sure that that's operating the way that you need it to, so that when you come here. Mm-hmm. You can focus on the church right. the right way. Because, see, if your house messed up, I'm going to tell you what. When I get to church, I ain't going to be all the way right. I ain't all the way there <laughs> right here because my house messed up. So you not even getting the full me yeah. that is deserved right. in that particular situation because mm. my mind is preoccupied yeah. with everything wrong at home. Like, it's just it's a mess. Focus on that. That's your ministry. That's right. Everyone, you know, people, what's, I don't know what my ministry is. Your ministry is your family. That's your number one ministry. Yes. Everybody ain't called to preach. No. <laughs> everybody ain't called, you know, everybody's not a deacon. Everybody's not a deaconess. Everybody's not, you know, auxiliary board. Everybody's not meant for certain roles, right? right? Everybody's picked to do a certain thing, but everybody has a family. That's right. And that's your first ministry. So hmm. focus your attention there and. The church, the church will be okay if your house okay. That's right, man. I appreciate you saying that um, because I know there's a lot of different brothers at different stages in life, and it's easy to say put God first and do this or do that, but having actionable steps mm-hmm. means so much. Um, one actionable step, uh, <laughs> as far as putting out time, right? Is am I you know for me is etch out on your schedule daily for God right mm-hmm. you know if it's first thing you wake up get that time in you pray you read then reverse that at nighttime same thing but then you got to make time throughout the week for your wife mm-hmm. outside of the kids oh yeah you know absolutely outside of the kids. You gotta have that 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 schedule time. You even gotta have that that everyday time where before we go to sleep, we're gonna have this pillow talk. Or mm-hmm. we, we we gonna we gonna chit chat about this and that. We're gonna make sure we good. I'm gonna make sure you good. I'm let you know how my day is. Yeah. You know, um that's something I learned from my parents. That I tell you, if there was one thing that I truly appreciate is that. Because I remember, tangent, <laughs> I remember being elementary school age, probably, probably about seven, about Cali age, trying to sneak in my mom and daddy room uh-huh. while I hear them up talking, right? And and just hear this genuine, loving, laughter conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to, to have a, a household where communication mother and father was free flowing. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, arguing and fussing right. and 
You know, right. this about bills or that about bills. Right. Or, you know, and to have or to use that model and bring that into my marriage has been a great thing. That's and really. I, I truly appreciate my parents for that one. But um, and also going back to the schedule thing with kids. You got to etch out time for the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, every now and then, maybe quarterly, if you, you know, <laughs> you got to have date night with your kids. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. That, that, that father-daughter time. I'm going to show you, I'm gonna show you what a man's supposed to treat you like. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Father-son time. We going to get out. We going to have conversations. We going to talk. We, we might go play some games or something. But we're going to have that time. It's good. Um, and even haircuts, you know, that time we driving before we get our haircuts, mm -hmm. you know, catch up, having conversation. There's places in our day where we can give quality time that's not taking anything from anywhere else. That's right. It's just utilizing that time. Because everybody has the same 24 hours. Everybody yep. got the same seven days a week, 365 yes, and a quarter. Uh, <laughs> everybody got the same. But what we do at that time That's it. makes a difference. That's it. That's it right there. Making the time. I think, you know, just helping the schedule. You drive to work every day. Mm -hmm. Let your time being driving to work that you spend. Turn that radio off. There you go. Spend it in communication with God, meditating, talking to him, praying to him. Mm. Turn if you're going to turn the radio on, turn on some worship. There you go. Like I, for me, you know, worship is not just, you know, choir singing or, or a specific art. If it's gospel referencing Christ, mm -hmm. I'm listening to it. Yeah. I love I love Christian hip hop. Love it to death uh -huh. because I grew up a hip hop head. Right. So. Hearing, you know, guys come on and spit verses and it's quality verses about yeah. God. Oh, yeah, you yeah, nice the, worst, out. the worst thing <laughs> is have some trash verses. Listen, uh, there's some out there. I got some, some out there. I, I got some people that ain't got no trash on their verses. <laughs> <laughs> but spend, take that time because some people like not me anymore. But mm -hmm. I remember I had a 35, 40 minute ride to work. Right. There and back. Ooh, I had an hour at one point. So. Mm. That's an hour and a half total in the day that I can spend with God. Right. An hour and a half a day spending with God. And then, like you said, uh, something that you mentioned about, first of all, your wife. And I'm going to come back to that. Mm -hmm. But you said dates with your kids. Right. To this day, right now, I have daddy-daughter day with my daughters. Yeah. They're grown. Right. So when they come into town, we purposely have a daddy-daughter day because that's something we've always done. So go, we're gonna go, we're gonna go out to eat, and now they're older, so they can they can actually pay sometimes. Oh, hey, thank you, Lord. <laughs> but I daddy daughter day to, to this day, and then what, well, like my son, you know, we I, I don't care what he's doing, if it's a sporting event that he's playing in because he's a basketball player, mm -hmm. I'm there, yes, sir. Uh, if I can help coach, I'm gonna stand there and help coach because mm -hmm. that's extra time that we get. You said barbershop, go in and get your hair cut. Hey, man, come ride with me. Mm -hmm. Hey, like the other day, we just sat down and watched Super Pets. Oh. That was it. Like, Dad, you know, can we sit down? Can we watch a movie? Absolutely. Go get some popcorn. Cool. Can we go to Dollar Tree and get some snacks for the movie? <laughs> yup. Let's go do all of that because that's that time. That's that time. And then with your wife, same, but you got to carve that out. I love your example that you got of your parents, right? 
because I, I grew up in the house where my parents didn't do that. Right. You know, they it was more arguing than anything right, else. Right, right. Um, so that's important to me, too. I think one thing that I always try to get my wife to do in this, you know, this dang on TikTok that <laughs> messed up the world. <laughs> but it's like, you know, when we get in this bed, mm-hmm. let's turn off all our devices. Yeah. Like, don't even turn them on. I don't care if we just sitting here looking at the TV together. Mm-hmm. Let's just make that time about us. us. Like, no, no, no distractions, no nothing. What we find, because we, you know, go back and forth to Ohio a lot. But when we go to Ohio, that's really, we get like the most time with each other. Mm-hmm. Because take my son, drive him off at his grandma's house, and it'd be just us. So we doing everything. But every time we get that, we always find the same thing. I really like you. <laughs> right? We know we love each other. Right. But do we like, like each other still? Oh, right? Man. Love is that's yeah. we're gonna do that regardless. That's right. what's proven. We've right. been we're here. Yeah. But do we still like each other? And every single time we get some time to ourselves, Ooh. we find that, man, I, I, I'm still I'm still digging you. Like and it like you know how it was when you first got yeah. together and oh, you yeah. talked all the time right, right. and it was you, you, you hang up first. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's 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 what we find when we get that time mm-hmm. is that we still like each other, man. And that's that's important. I think that get lost in relationships, especially you've been doing it for a long time. Um, if, if you've been in a relationship a long time, like needs to be a part of the game. Yes, it do. So, you know, it's doing those things in those three phases, man, making time. But still finding time for yourself. Like for me, one thing I used to, I don't do it as much anymore because of, you know, my position in work life now is that I got so much more freedom mm-hmm. than I ever had before. So I can carve my time actually for me during the day. Okay. But one thing I would do was when I get home from work, no one say anything to me for 30 minutes. Give me 30 minutes mm-hmm. to myself. Mm-hmm. And what that gave me a chance to do, because, you, you know, you mentioned the time for everybody else, but you also mentioned time for you. What that gives me time, gave me time to do was to take 30 minutes to decompress from yeah. the day. Let whatever was bothering me on the ride home or, or from work that day, let all that go. Mm-hmm. So that when I put myself back in the great back in with the family, right. none of that stuff from the day is on me anymore. So taking some time like i said even 30 minutes when you get home go up to your room close the door take off your clothes whatever you got to do but man that 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 time is critical too because that's just important to spend the time with your kids spend the time with your wife spend the time with god you need just a minute to you so that you can just let all of these things go and and, and jump back in with them and be fully engaged right. versus I'm in, but I got this on my mind right now. I'm thinking about it. So not neglecting personal time either. Right. Because a lot of times that's what we do as man. We'll give so much out that our mental health lacks. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, we, we find ourselves unknowingly depressed or confused or lost or snapping off. For, for no apparent reason, because like you said, you got something that was going on at work mm-hmm. with somebody else that you're upset with, yep. but you using or you, you putting that out or lashing out on your wife or lashing out at the kids. You know, I, I got to, got to see, you get to say that? Mm-hmm. that, that won't for them. 
that was for the work. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But to, to like you said, to take that time to decompress, I like that. I really do. Um, when it comes to your mental health, we, we talked on that. But what about the physical, bro? Because I, I know, I know we've got this, this stigma put on us, man. Mm-hmm. About these dad bars, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> we got. I I I I hear this, you know. Uh huh. And it is so derogatory. It it, you know, it can people, be. You know, people get offended. You yeah. know, About so many things a day, so I figured I could pick me something to be offended about. <laughs> you know. Uh. <laughs> but but this 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 dad bar stigma. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can we fix that? Well, <laughs> the dad bod stigma is really, um, I, you know what? I don't even know where that mess came from, right? I feel like, I feel like it's Carl Winslow and Uncle Carl, Phil fault. Oh, listen. Yeah, this, they were it, big, if that's a dad bod, then, whoa, buddy. But, no, I mean, you know, I think the physical health is important, too, because, you know, um, you know, you your, your body is your temple, right? That's the temple. And, and even in the Bible, it talks about taking care of your temple. Right. So... For me, like for me, my also, like I said, I, I got different times in my day now, but my day time is spent for me is going to the gym. Okay. Right. And that's where I can decompress at the gym. Like go lift some weights and watch how all that frustration you had just kind of disappear. Um, finding time to make sure because you still got these kids, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually, your kids going to get older. They're going to have some grandkids. You're going to need some physical something to yeah. deal with that. Um, so it's important that we don't just, you know, worry about our mental health, but our physical too, because we die at rates that are ridiculous from things that I do like, why? Like, was it Coolio died the other day? 59. Yeah. Uh, that's young though. There's a guy who's David Arnold. He's a comic. He's from Cleveland. That's why I know who he is. He died 54. Come on. Don't know why they just, they just dropping off. And, you know, so us to pay attention to our physical health is important. Um, you got prostate cancer that killed black men. Um, man, we just got to take care of our bodies the way we're supposed to. Going to the doctor on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, brothers don't go to the doctor. Like we. Brothers, brothers don't. It's- they, they don't do it. They, I don't know why we don't do it. Maybe it's long-rooted history. I know people talking about the Tuskegee experiments. Yeah. You want to go back as far as you want to. Don't really care. But we don't go. And then we're dropping off because we're not taking care of ourselves. If you don't know what's wrong, let's how are you supposed to fix a, it? Let, let, let's go get a look at it. Like, you know, get your, keep your annual checkup. I go see my annual. Annual checkups because that's how you know what's wrong. You got like, look about your car. Mm. You riding your car around forever. Right. If you don't go and get a checkup, <laughs> if you don't go get an oil change, if you don't go, like my daughter just called me yesterday because mm. she needed brakes on the car. I almost climbed through the phone on her because she said, Dad, I didn't know I needed brakes. What you mean? You didn't know you needed brakes. How you think you stopping the car to the point where the brakes was gone? The dude said, listen, you have no pads. This car is going to metal on metal. Metal on metal. She oh, like, it sounds horrible. And I'm like, What's the problem? He said, I need brakes. I said, are you serious? Baby, you got to get that stuff checked. So just like you put the check on your car, mm. put the check on your body. Yeah. Because it's something under that hood. We can't see up under the hood. 
go find out you know not just and it's not just the gym you know the uncle phil the uncle phil carl winslow right, body right, right, right. that's because they ain't checking their cholesterol they ain't checking you know their sodium the salt the sugars going in your body so all of this stuff is just building up and building up and you creating this fat around your arteries and mm. now you having heart attacks now right. you need triple quadruple bypasses and you know your, your liver don't work right because right. all the foolishness you don't put in your body right. from some of y'all started 15 16 years old putting that mess in your body all the way up until now so you 30 40 years in the game and you've been destroying what's on the inside right. up under your hood so don't just stop at a gym per se but man go to the doctor the doctor will tell you what you need to do yeah and diet man diet most definitely because like you said it's most of the time no all the time we gain weight because of what we're putting in mm-hmm. and a lack of physical activity but that's because we work so much the way society set up you know that's most people but if we're putting junk in <laughs> what else can we expect but to get junk out so, so i preached a word on that a couple weeks ago Uh-oh. um about what we put in our bodies mm. right and it was you know basically you are what you eat the things you consume so if i consume junk all the time i'm gonna be junk right right instead of consuming the healthy things and that i i, I use that analogy because it was the same same way spiritually mm. the junk that you put in your eye gates your ear gates those things that we consume that are destroying us spiritually if we ain't putting the things in of God, then we not live in a healthy way. So as long as we keep consuming the junk and putting it in and putting it in, same way physically. If we keep putting the junk in and putting the junk in, you end up fat, out of shape, and weak. Mm. Spiritually, if you're not putting the right things in your body, you end up fat, out of shape, and weak. So when the battles come, you can't deal can't with fight. it. You can't stand. Man, I must say. This was a very great conversation. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed um, this. I'd like to give you a, a moment, man, if there's anything on your heart uh, that you want to share with the people out there, uh, a word of encouragement or otherwise, speak right there. The licensing ceremony that I went to become a minister right and i remember you know pastor coming he says listen man i need you to give a word mm. um about what it is that your ministry is going to be mm. and i said okay i don't i, I kind of for a second i had to think like what does he mean what my ministry going to be so I, I sat on it and I, I meditated and prayed and studied and god came and he said listen your your thing what you are going to be focused on your purpose in this thing is change Ooh. right and when I thought about it and I thought back to all the like the, the, the messages that I gave prior to getting licensed and what my focus is. And, you know, for a while I was the men, men's ministry leader and in the men's ministry, it was always talking about helping brothers to change. It was like, duh, how right. could I miss that? Right. But my message to people would be, you know, if I had anything to say, it would be, man, you have the ability to change everything in your life mm. nothing that is going on nothing that is happening nothing that you've experienced is permanent 
it can be changed. You have the ability to change. If you have the desire to change, the will and the want to change, you can do so. There is a way that can change your life completely if you submit to it, stay dedicated to it, diligently seek after it. And that's God. If you do those things, everything in your life that you think can't be changed or can't be undone or mistakes from the past, all of that can be changed and erased because he gave that to you when he gave us the blessing of Jesus. Mm. You can change. You are not stuck in anything. You are not bound by anything. If it's something that you want to change in your life, take a moment. Take it to God and let him help you work through it. Mm. Man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your time. Well, that's it, guys. This has been Cutting the Noise, Growing Through Conversation. Till next time, stay encouraged, stay positive, stay protective. And if you're a father, a dad, a parent, make sure you give that time. Till next time, lights out. Cheers.